Thanks for listening to the CT Podcast, a ministry of Church Triumphant. Another opportunity for you to be equipped and encouraged to win, disciple, and send. For further information, go to www.churchtea.org. You're a project. You might look at your spouse or sit next to you and look and go, hey, you're a real piece of work. Huh? Look, you see, the, you see this, this pot here? This is a project. Somebody said it's dead. Actually, it's not. And it's, it's on its way back to life. It's an excruciating project. My, my wife has taken on a knack of rehabbing succulents. This is an example of one she's just recently embarked upon. Succulents are, are plants. Actually, there's succulents in, in, in several different families of plants. And succulents uh, um, are, are, the, are water-preserving plants. And they're usually found in areas of high temperatures and low, fra- low rainfall, excruciating places to live, like deserts. Succulents have the ability to thrive on limited water and resources, such as mist and dew, which makes them equipped to survive in an ecosystem which contains scarce water sources. My guess is, in a bunch of life, many of us feel like we are stuck someplace we don't want to be. That we are going through things that like evaporate anything good or anything hopeful. My, my guess is that, that many of us, I've been through that on numerous occasions in my life where I, I'm in something and I think, man, I am not going to survive this. Painful, dark, ugly. So the, my, my wife has a set of plants from her office space where she works in town and, and she's rehabbing a, 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 some succulents who were just not treated very well. Water was withheld and light and just not a, not a bunch, not, not, not some very good nurturing was going on. And she's in the process right now of making them better. And here's what I want to tell you today. I think all of us have to go through a, a process of being rehabbed. This, is, this, this just isn't for the person who's had surgery. This isn't just for a person who struggles with some sort of a addictive behavior, although it, it, it does apply to all of that. It does not have to do with somebody who's, who's coming back from some disorder or, or whatever. I, this is for all of us. that We have to go through periods and times of being reworked, restored, rejuvenated, and regenerated. And some of that is a process. And, and, and we have to be willing to endure it to get through. We have to be willing to understand that God takes things that seem dead, like somebody indicated, things that seem broken, and he makes beautiful things out of them. See, this one right now looks like it's, you know, it probably does look like it's on its last leg. But if you give the, the person who knows what they're doing a chance, things begin to change. Is there anything different about these two Pots here. This one has began, begun the process of thriving. Some of you have gone through things. Some of you are so glad 2019 is over, you can't even describe how happy you are that this is, that, that whole process is done. And you, with hope and expectation, are anticipating that 2020 is going to be better. It will be better, I promise but you can't ditch the process. 
You can't give up in the middle of what God might be doing. You see, the Bible tells us that God uses all things for our good. It doesn't say all things are good. It says all things are used for our good if we do two things, if we love God and we're called according to his purpose. And I would, I would be bold to say this. I would gather that if I'm looking around this group of people right now, if you're out here on a Sunday morning in Ohio, out in the middle of a cornfield, you probably kind of have, have a tendency to have an affinity towards God. And most likely, I believe every one of us have a purpose. And so we qualify for that suddenly. I realize that everything about life has been good, but I do believe this absolutely with all of my heart that God right now is even using the pain that you have endured, the difficulty you have gone through for something greater than just going through something. I just had a conversation this morning, somebody talking about where they had been several years ago and where they are right now at the start of 2020, and it is miraculously amazing that God would put them in that spot, but it was a process. They didn't wake up one morning and things were just different. They didn't wake up one morning and their life was just different. They, they endured through the grace and the power of Jesus to see God put them in a spot. It's a process. We've got to go through. I'm going to encourage you with this this morning. Don't give up when God's transforming your heart. See, the issue is what's going on in here. Don't give up when God is transforming your heart. Don't, don't quit when God is, is up to something. When, when we come near to him, he begins to take the brokenness and make use of it. So Corinthians 3.18 reads like this. So all of us who have had the veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. This is a direct uh, connection to what Jay said. I didn't know he was going to sing a new song or anything like that, but this goes exactly with what Jay said. God used to be out there, untouchable, unable for us to get near him, unable for us to, to, to even approach who, who he was, what he is. And the scriptures tell us that when Jesus died on the cross, the veil in the temple that separated the holiest place, the holy of holies from the rest of humanity was torn in two. And so when Paul makes this connection here, he's talking about the thing that, G that Jesus came down as God with us. We've just celebrated Christmas talking about that very thing. And when he died, he evaporated the wall of separation that exists between us and God. He disintegrated it. And now we who've come near to Christ have had that veil broken. We near to God. And in that thing, we are being transformed. Listen to these words. All of us who have had the veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like Him as we are changed into His glorious image. God's doing something right now. He wants you to blossom Maybe in a desert place. See, a succulent restores water. You guys ever, have you guys ever watched Bear Grylls survive anything? How often does he need nourishment? He reaches for some crazy plant you've never heard of, and he drinks the water out of it, right? You know what I mean? See, our lives are those succulents that are supposed to be full of the water of God, that even in desperate times, other people can partake of what God's doing in us and find nourishment and strength and life. But that only happens in so much as we were becoming more like Christ. You see, Jesus came because humanity was in a desperate spot. 
lost, without, without God, without hope, without strength. And he came and he allowed himself to be planted in an area in the Middle East so that we could receive the nourishment of, of who he was. And now it says the separation that exists between us and him is broken down, and now he's making us to become more like him. Sometimes the process you are going through and the difficulty that you have is creating a space where Christ's likeness can become a thing so that you receive nourishment and so that others receive nourishment through you. Oftentimes, the things we go through aren't just about us. They're about others. The conversation I had earlier this morning, I was told this. Now, I have a chance to take somebody who, was, who is where I was, work with them, help them see who Jesus is, and help them get a fresh start. Dude, that's beautiful. That's exactly what God wants. That's exactly how he, he wants us. But you can't give up when God is transforming your heart. See, the heart is the biggest thing. It's not so much what's happening to you as what's happening in you. God is in the business of fixing people, not from the outside in, but from the inside outward. And so when you begin to go through a process, there are some things that have to be rattled off that are on the outside so that God can get into the inside. And he wants to transform the inside. But sometimes there's so much noise and so much crust and so much stuff, he's got to shake some things on the outside so that on the inside you'll respond correctly. Are you hearing me? Not fun, is it? Aaron, that's a, ra that's a raging uh, thing to start 2020 with. But here's what I want more than anything for you. I want you to not only endure 2020, I want you to grow in 2020. I don't want you just being excited on January the 5th. I want you to have a whole new perspective of life and a, and a quotient of fruitfulness on December 31st, 2020, than you do on January 5th. So I could give you some rousing speech and inspirational, whoo, but I really want you to grow more and I want you to be excited for one instantaneous moment. I want you to not give up on the process God has started with you already that probably has some overflow from 2019, he probably ain't done yet. And that's not good English, but you Southern Ohioans get what I just said. Don't give up when God is transforming your heart. So the question then becomes, how do I not give up? Right? If God doesn't want me to give up, how do I not do that while things are going on? I'm glad you asked that. Let's read 2 Corinthians 4.1 together. Everybody say, therefore. Now, it's good, it's, it's good uh, exegesis here, to, to, which is, means you, you pull things out of the Scripture. When there's a therefore, you go back and remember what it's there for. The therefore is this. God's changes in the likeness image of God. You got that? Because we've, we've come close, the, we, we, we've, we've, we've accepted the fact that the veil has been torn in two. Here's what's happening. God is making us more like Christ. Therefore, you get that? Because you're being transformed in the light of image of Christ, there's change. Some of you hate change. I'm just going to get sidetracked. Is that okay? Some of you hate change. Can I tell you something? The only way you grow is to change. You've got to stop kicking against it. You've got to start rolling with it. Every time something starts to go a little bit different than what you're used to, you get anxious. You get nervous. You get frustrated. You get, whoa, what's going to happen? And listen, the only way you grow is to change. The only thing you only way you become like Christ is become less like you. 
John the Baptist would say these words, I must decrease and he must increase. Okay? There's going to be less of me and more of him. There's, I've got to find some way of letting go of who I think I should be, and I've got to start coming close to who I know him to be. And that requires change. Transformation has to, the whole process of being a Christ follower has to do with this idea of transformation, has to do with this idea of change. It is the whole process. It's, it's the whole thing. But transformation is hard. Therefore, since God in his mercy, now there's a good idea right there to celebrate. You should look at your neighbor and slap him a high five, not in the face or anything like that, and say, it's about mercy. Therefore, since God in his mercy has given us this new way, we never give up. The first way to not give up is to live in the light of the mercy of God, not your own merit. Nothing will dry you up worse than thinking you have to work to achieve something and then not be able to do it. Nothing will dry up a relationship worse than you expecting people to earn your respect or your, or your love or your care. Nothing will, do, that, nothing will dry it up more than that. Your access point to the kingdom of all is the mercy of God. And there are going to be days you're going to wake up and you're going to feel absolutely broken and shredded. And you can't bank on the fact that because you are weak, that God has somehow failed to be who he is. The book of Lamentations, chapter 3, the prophet Jeremiah writes to the people of Israel who have completely, 100% blown it. They have destroyed themselves. They've destroyed their families. They have destroyed their land. And in the middle of that, he offers this encouragement. It's by his unfailing love that we are not consumed. His mercies are new every morning. And if you're going to sustain 2020, you've got to tap into the mercy of God. You've got to take it in for yourself, and you've got to be aware of it to other people. That's the way you're not going to give up, because people give you all kinds of reasons to get frustrated. If I'm really honest, if you're like me, you are going to give yourself all kinds of reasons to get frustrated. Huh? Am I right? I've already messed up 16 times, and it's only January the 5th. You know what I mean? Like if I'm going to bank on me, there's so many things that every day I walk away going, I should have done that. I didn't do that today. I wish I did. Oh my gosh, what were you thinking when you said that? I don't know. And already we're only, we're just five days in. And I got all kinds of reasons to get really frustrated with this guy named Aaron. And if my wife is really honest, she's got all kinds of reasons to be frustrated with this guy named Aaron too. But thank God for mercy, right? Right? Living in the light of the mercy of God and not your own merit or anyone else's. See, if we're going to be, I read, a, I read a devotion this morning written by a gal in the 1850s. Just, they just took her, the, the words of her, her journal and made a book out of them. And she said this, there's this one friend of mine who thinks she's better than everybody else. This is, this is an Aaron paraphrase, okay? It's not the original translation to deal with it. And her basic thought was this, when I think about her, I don't want to serve God. The reason being, she expects too much of people, and everything about life is a trial, and there's no happiness, there's only gloom. 
I want to be a person who's full of joy and peace, and so I ought to give away to people the things God's already given me if I hope to experience that. That's what she wrote in her journal in 1850. So my question to you is, if you're going to be sustained 2020, how are you going to enjoy and enjoin people in the mercy of God? See, over here on this side, we did this last week during our communion service. Everybody talked about the things God had done in 2019. A lot of this has to do with how things were messed up and God fixed them. Right? Over here are the things where we said, this is where I'm still broken. And I need God. I, I, want, to, I want to grow in Christ's likeness. I want, I, want, I want to be more like Jesus in some areas. And the only way we're going to get past our past and walk in our present and get to our future is because we live in the light of the mercy of God. That it is the thing that compels us. Nothing will dry you up as a Christian than you not being merciful and not enjoying mercy. Nothing will. And I know there's betrayal, and I know there's all sorts of stuff, and I know there's, there's frustration, and I know you think you're never going to get over things. And I, I realize, but listen, it, it is the mercy of God that we have hope at all. And if we're going to make a difference on this planet, it's going to be because we are people of mercy more than we're people of anything else. And I, I, I believe that with all my guts, all my heart. Look at verse 2. Another, another way you don't give up. Verse 2 says, we reject all shameful deeds and underhanded methods. We don't try to trick anyone or distort the word of God. We tell the truth before God, and all who are honest know this. Another way to not give up is to live in the light of integrity. I have concern for the body of Christ that we're letting up on this one. We'll give up on moral issues because we get some things we've been asking for for a long time. It says we reject shameful deeds. The one way Satan's going to get you over a barrel and get you to give up is he's going to use these things called guilt and shame. He's going to dangle a, a carrot in front of you because he knows where you're weak and you're going to go for it. And if you're like Adam and Eve, the very, your very first propensity is going to be to hide that you screwed up. Integrity is still a thing for a follower of Christ. And that doesn't mean you can right. That means there's dead spots somewhere. It doesn't mean you get everything right. It means you understand where you're wrong and you're honest about that. You've, you, you've, you've, you've left the course of manipulation to get what you want from God or from anybody else. You've left the course of, 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 of trying to get people to do what you want. You've left the course of trying to twist God's arm by how good you are. That's where we go back to that mercy thing. You go, you, 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 I, I, I heard somebody say the other day, like, but I've done some good things. It was, it was in the concourse of a, of a TV show. I've done some good things. Why don't you give me a break? And the person looked at him and said, all of the good, the, the, the couple of good things you have done in no way outweigh the bad. But we still think that. Even in the, in, in the era of grace where God covers our sins, we still think. We get to a point sometime where we think we can, we can make it right. And listen, I don't think that we can. But if we're being transformed in the likeness of God, one of the most important things we can ever be is honest. 
we can we have to leave childish things away like manipulation. You know, you never notice that a kid knows how to manipulate like right from the womb. Anybody ever notice that? Huh? Hey, listen, a child a couple days old knows how to manipulate your sleeping process, man. Huh? And knows right away how to work you. Honey, if they scream long enough, you're getting up. Am I right? This is in us. But God's asking us to grow up and to mature. This is a mature thing that we have to be people who do a couple things. We, we endeavor to live in integrity. We endeavor to, to inspire integrity. To expect integrity and accountability of our leaders, of our friends. It frustrates me when, when people call me friends and I find out three weeks later that something's going on in their life. Are we really friends? When you can't be honest with me about what's going on, are we really friends? Are we really? And here's, how, here's the idea. The, word, the idea of integrity is this. You are who you are. Okay? I heard Rick Warren say this one time. The word integrity and an integer come from the same root word. An integer is a whole number. It's not fragmented. It's not a fraction. It's not a decimal. It's a whole number. And here's what, here's what the word integrity means. It means you are who you are no matter where you are. You're the same person on this campus inside this building as you are at your house. You're the same person at your house as you are in the marketplace. You're the same person when you're hanging out with your family as you are when you're hanging out with your dudes. Uh oh. I heard Chuck Swindoll say one time, he heard, he heard this old country preacher say this. My kids get tired of hearing me say this because I, I remind them of all the time. Be who you is, because if you ain't who you is, you is who you ain't. And God's calling us to a place in transformation in Christ that we begin to live according to integrity because God doesn't want guilt and shame hanging over our heads. That we are the same no matter what. Are you with me? Live in the light of integrity in 2020. When you have a chance to, 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 to make a decision, be who you are. Be who God made you to be. And when you blow it, be honest about that. And don't word, use the word of God or friendships or relationship or anything to manipulate. We don't use the word of God or anything else to trick anyone. Be who you are. Use the word of God appropriately, appropriately, not to get what you want, but to follow the path that God wants. Are you hearing me? Oh, I'm, I can get stuck quick, right? Don't give up when God's transforming your heart. Another way you don't give up. Don't give up when God's transforming your heart. Another way you don't give up, we have to look at verses 3 and 4. Listen to these words. If the good news we preach is hidden behind a veil, it's hidden only from people who are perishing. Satan, who is the god of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are un unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. You're going to live and not give up. You're going to live for Christ and, and be in a place at the end of 2020 than you are at the beginning of 2020. You're going to recoup, re, re, rehab to a place of fruitfulness. Another thing you're going to do, you have to live in the light that there are lost people all around. 
There is an element here of rejoicing that God's pulled the veil off of us. But the real thing about this is we have to be struck to the heart that there are people right now who are next door neighbors, who are coworkers, who are who are cousins and uncles and aunts and grandmas and who, who are who are people we engage with who are lost. The veil is over their face. We have to live in the light that there are lost people all around, and that's why we need to live in the light of mercy and in the light of integrity. Because the only reflection of the, of the glory of the good news of Christ they're really ever going to see is because we, we exercise mercy and we live in integrity. They can count on us. Many of you will know that I, I've, I've I served as an elected official for a couple years. I've since finished my term. I'm done. The last night I, was, I served on city council in Chillicothe, I had probably one of the guys who was the most opposite of me. Language, lifestyle, belief structure, all of that, all of it, walk up to me three times and hug me. Say, don't be a stranger. He got a particular persuasion about preachers. He kept asking me when I was going to bring a snake with me. So you know what I did? December 23rd was the, the final council meeting that I got to serve on city council. December 23rd, after he hugged me three times and I hugged him back, and I, got, I went right to Dollar General. I found a toy snake. We had a tin, a Chex Mix, ruin at the house. I found a Christmas card on, on, on Christmas Eve. Right before I, we swore my brother Greg in the city council, when I got off of that thing, I made a visit and dropped something off at the door. And even before I got out of the car, he was waiting on his front porch. I can't believe this. You're actually at my house. I said, yeah. He said, he, he looked, his wife walked out on the, on the, on the front. She said, he's, watch out, it's the snake oil salesman. And he reached in, I, I handed him, the, the, I said, I got something for you. And he reached in, he pulled that snake out like this, scared his wife to absolute death. <laughs> and that card was a thing about us grabbing some coffee together and hanging out, Merry Christmas. And he said, you come hang out with me? I said, oh, yeah, I would. We got to do that, man. And I'm like, let's do it. Why? Because he learned to respect that I had certain opinions and viewpoints, and I didn't budge from them, but he also knew I was approachable. And he also knew that he could, he could, I, could be, I could be trusted, and I cared about people, and I care about him, and all that, right? So it's got to be mercy and integrity kind of walking hand in hand. You see what I'm saying? Because there are lost people all around us. And part of the reason you're walking through a process is God wants to make you more like Jesus so more lost people will see how he, re, how he rehabs a life. Are you, are you understanding me? He wants you to engage them. He wants you to be a part of what, God, what, what he's doing in their lives. And you've got to remember, you're gonna, if you're not going to give it, you've got to remember there are lost people around you. That gives you reason to continue the process. If you're not the husband you want to be, trust me, it's worth it to your wife and your kids for you to continue the process because they're lost without you. It pays you to, to be a great worker and to grow in the thing. You know why? Because there are lost people who you work for and work with and who work for you, for you to keep learning to grow to be like Christ. You have to keep going. 
You have to keep being that neighbor. You've got to keep being that friend. You've got to keep growing. No matter where you are, no matter how difficult of a process you find yourself in, let God keep making you more like Christ. Are you hearing me? Look at verse 5. You see, we don't go around preaching about ourselves. We preach that Jesus Christ is Lord, and we ourselves are your servants for Jesus' sake. Another way you're not going to give up is you're going to live in the light of the gospel message. That Jesus is the Lord. One of the worst things that happened to American society is social media. And you know why? Because you get to be the king of the story. And if we're really honest, there ain't much honest out there. Because you only see the good things, right? The family sitting around the Christmas tree. And you don't know about the 16 arguments that led up to the opening of the gifts. But you all think it's perfect at that house. You think you got to have that car and you should have had that given. If your husband would have bought you that thing that you asked for when that girl got it, it would have been all good. And here's, what, here's the thing. The gospel is about Jesus being Lord, not you. Jesus is Lord. That means we follow where he goes. He paid a hefty price for us to be redeemed and saved from ourselves, from our sin, from our, from our stuff. And he gets, to be, he gets to be the one who determines the parameters. It's not Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or TikTok or whatever else is going on out there. It's not some publication or some news program or some celebrity. They don't get to set the pace. Jesus gets to set the pace. And the crazy thing about Jesus, he takes all of us. That's the message of the gospel. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life, right? That's the message. We can live in the light of that, and we need to live in the light of that gospel message. That Jesus, that God intended to create human beings, that they might have relationship with him. That it's not him that's separated from us, it's us that's separated from him because of our sin. Are you hearing me? And that sin can't be undone by, 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 by good things. We will never do enough to unbake the cake. Never. It'll never happen. But Jesus paid the price for it. He loved us enough to come. When we couldn't bridge the gap, he bridged it. And he gives a chance at real life. And that happens. That starts now. And it continues through all of eternity. And we are not going to give up because we live in the light of that truth right there. That it is that message. And he gets to be God. He gets to be Lord. He gets to be king. Why? Because he has this voracious character that never changes. And he has this amazing, compassionate love that never is altered. And he, every day he, gets to meet, he wants to meet us and grow us and help us and help others through us. And we have to keep living that out every day. That's why he gets, not because he's, not because he's ready to throw down lightning bolts, but because he never changes. Because his love is stable, because his truth is unaltered, he gets to be that. He is Lord, right? Living in the light of that. Look at verse 6. Don't give up. When God transform in your heart, because it says this, For God who said, let there be light in the darkness, has made the light shine in our own hearts, so we could know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. Another way. We're going to not give up as we live as the light of the gospel message. We live in it and we live as it. Matthew 5 says this. Jesus preaching on the, on the Terminal on the Mount. He says, you, you are a city on a hill. You're a light to the world. Let people see the glory of God in how you live so they might glorify your good Father that's in heaven. 
you have to remember that there's darkness all around us. One reason plants fade away is because they don't get enough light. My wife is constantly moving these little plants around in our house. Some of them get to be on the mantle at times. Some of them get to be up in the windows. Some of them get to be over here. And God's got to keep making sure that they're getting light. The one who's rehabbing, that's to make sure they keep getting light. Now, here's the deal. God's placing you strategically in other people's lives so the light of the glory of God gets in. So the rehab process can start. He's getting you close to people so you can pour the living water of the gospel into them because they need to be rehabbed. They need to, to grow into the glory of God, to be transformed. The reason God would have us transform into a new church is why? So the light of the glory of God could be further dispelled across the world rather than just encapsulated in one singular, sing, singular place. That's why. You can't give up in the process, though. We've got to keep going. This process of blossoming is necessary for us not to give up. Look at 2 Corinthians 4, 17. For our present troubles are small. And they won't last very long. Now, for you guys get anxious about this preacher talking about things you, you just don't know. Okay, how, how life is. Things are pretty big at my house. Let me just explain to you the guy who wrote these words was the guy who gave up everything to follow Christ. Some people think that, that, that he was probably married as a Pharisee and his wife didn't want to follow Jesus, so she ditched him. So he gets betrayal. Not only that happened numerous times over the course of his ministry, people just up and left on him or betrayed him and tore him up. He was beaten and left for dead on a few occasions. He was stoned. He was shipwrecked. He was bitten by snakes. He was imprisoned in dungeons in the sewer in Rome. There's all sorts of things. When this guy says these things are small, he's no chump. He's not some TV preacher wearing a really nice designer suit, living up on the right side of town, has his own personal jet and a limo and whatever else he wants. He is, the, he is a dude who has who's had everything taken from him. And he says, these are very small. He's very, these are very small. And he says these words. Yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. The reason you endure is because God's doing something of an eternal nature in your life, through your life, around your life, because of your life. And you have, if, if you endure to the end, check this out. He'll be there with you. And he promises us he will walk alongside of us. He'll never leave. He'll never forsake. You may be walking at a pace you don't like. It's too slow for you. Just relax and let Jesus be the Lord. Some of you are trying to go too slow, and God's like, speed it up. Let him be the Lord. Listen, this is a chance for you to keep growing and being what God wants you to be. How do you do that? Four real simple things. You focus on, the, on mercy. You focus on mercy. The mercy of God and mercy to other people. You focus on integrity toward God and in interactions with others. You know it's okay for you to say that you're not Okay. It's okay for you to tell God that. It's okay for you to tell other people that. That's being a person of integrity. You know, it's okay. I encourage you, if you're a business person, be honest. Can I just encourage you that? Just be honest. Don't pad books. Don't make, you know, 
If you're a friend, be a real friend. Focus on integrity. Focus on others and away from yourself. One sure way to get frustrated is because everything's got to be about you. Can I say something to you? You can't handle the weight of being Lord. You just can't. When life's all about you, it crumbles really fast. You get really wore out really quickly. Because you think people should give you what you deserve and blah, 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 and all this other stuff. Don't just don't. Focus, away, focus on others and away from self. Focus on mercy. Focus on integrity. Focus on others. Focus on the gospel and living it out for God and for others. This morning, I'm going to wrap this up, believe it or not. This morning, I want to ask you a question. How are you on the mercy quotient right now? Are you, are you good at receiving the mercy of God, or you still think you have to work for Him? Are you good at giving mercy away to others when they don't measure up? Where's that at? Where are you on the integrity quotient? How, how real, how honest, how open, how transparent are you? Hmm? How manipulative can you be? How, where, where are you at on that? Where, where are you on the selfish parameters? Be really honest with you. Ask, Greg started us on the right track. He, he said, ask us, he talked about search, search yourself and leave things behind. Are you decreasing so God can increase? Or are you like, think you're Burger King and you get it your way? Are you so focused on what you want, you could never consider what God might want or what might be good for other people around you? How much does the gospel really play out in your life? How often are you willing to give it away and live in the light of it? Could you right now, God gave you the opportunity to give you a, create the right conversation, and you, could you walk somebody through this idea that there's this God that loves them? They'll never be able to fix what's broken, but God can. And that his blood covers all their sin. They need to confess him as the Lord and receive him as the Lord. If they make that confession, according to Romans 10, they believe in their heart, they confess with their mouth that he is, they shall be saved. They have a hope that God is their father and that eternity is set for them. And their life can be in the process of changing in that moment. Could you, could you walk them through that? Are you willing to give it away? Are you willing to live it out? Thanks for listening to the CT Podcast, a ministry of Church Triumphant. Another opportunity for you to be equipped and encouraged to win, disciple, and send. For further information, go to www.churcht.org.